James. Hi, Gabby. (laughs) So James and I were just sort of talking and having coffee before we recorded, and we realized that we both have the same song stuck in our head, Mm -hmm. at least the first first five seconds of it. Um, So uh, we'll play that for you right now. I be doing real shit when I'm alone. That's a TikTok song. It's called Brace Yourself by Zenarachi. And it's really strong. It's funny because I thought that he was saying I do weird shit when I'm alone, but you say real shit. Oh my god, let's check. Yeah, I always yeah, thought it was real shit. I'd be doing real shit when I'm alone. Brace yourself lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this is fun. Brace yourself for the answer. Oh my god, I put brace yourself lyrics, and the one that came up was Brace Yourself by Howie Day, <laughs> which is not the song. <laughs> what is Howie Day? Like some 90s thing. Oh my god. I've never heard of it. Oh what my god. It? I'd be doing weird shit when I'm alone. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's like when I got the Taylor Swift line wrong. What did she say? She said, um, Oh, you can make me a drink. And I was like, I thought she said you can make me a dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be doing weird shit when I'm alone. Damn. Yeah. Changes the song, right? <laughs> it really changes the song. Like, at first I was like, oh, he's talking about independence. Yeah. He's like, talking about building his life. <laughs> but now I just imagine him, like, <laughs> like, gluing shit together. That's what I see now. <laughs> um all right, I'm doing weird shit when I'm alone. I'm gonna keep saying real because it's been my anthem. Real is really nice. I'd be doing real shit when I'm alone. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Uh, we have really good news. We're in the top fifteen percent of podcasts, which doesn't make sense, but also does. <laughs> but what's funny about it is, I casually, I was like literally like asleep. I think I was in like one sock. Like I was just in this like weird state, and then I like, you know, and just casually Google something, and I was like how many podcast views is good and it's like all misspelled mm-hmm. and then it was like if you get like this it was like 3500 monthly views like you're in the top 15 percent, and that's just like that's a huge title that to carry yeah <laughs> i know it's amazing that you you did that research because it's podcasts are so um elusive in terms of how important a podcast is like you know Mm -hmm. you create your own importance with podcasts and the podcast that you listen to you can't see the listens or the views yeah no you can't see the listens you can't see the views oh that's so true yeah nobody can see it but us Mm -hmm. um there's no way to even tell if a podcast is popular i guess with followers right but even then i never see that yeah they don't publish the followers of a podcast do they no Oh, wow. Okay, that really, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, podcasts are a really interesting medium. It's like you just, I don't know, there's no, there's no advertising, there's no views. Which is cool because it makes it less, you have less pressure to perform. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not commodified. Yeah, it doesn't feel like part of the sprawl. Like podcasts feel like, I don't know, they're like off the beaten path. It's like. Podcasts feel like textbooks. Mm. (laughs) Why? Because it's like textbooks, no <laughs> one's clamoring to promote their textbooks, you know? <laughs> That's like true, just, yeah. And a lot of oh, it is educational. Industry. Like, you're listening to something and gaining information. Yeah. 
I wonder where podcasts are going. They feel like, I don't know, <laughs> sometimes I just feel like they feel like this, like, secret, like, underground place where you can kind of say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they being, feel like, like yeah, around. they feel very low profile, and maybe mm-hmm. that's what I mean about the textbooks thing, but... Mm. But now, like, everyone and their mother has a podcast, so... Yeah, totally. What is I also think the happen? lack of identity is, like, you get to just listen to two voices, and I was thinking about how podcasts are perfect for our age group because, you know, when your age is, let's say, like, 18 to, like, 24, like, you want to see people because you're, like, looking for... Like, you're trying to build your identity, so you'd much rather watch a mm-hmm. vlog where you can, you know, see the girl talking and what she's wearing... And at this point, I don't need all of that stimulation. Like, I'm just kind of pretty self-aware of, like, what I want to look like. (laughs) Yeah. So I like to just hear people talk and, like, not think about, you know, their lifestyle or what they're sharing on Instagram. You know, it's, like, yeah, it's cool. The disembodiment makes it feel more like a pure form. Yeah, absolutely. Love the podcast realm. So here we are, another another podcast episode. Another podcast. (laughs) Um... I had that crazy weekend that you know about. I had another, it was really, I think what's interesting is like what brought me here was like a similar situation of just like a nature man in Hawaii being like, I'm going to show you everything and cook for you and, you yeah. know, and then, you know, I, I got it again in a, in a deeper way. Yeah, um, yeah. But basically the story is everyone, I've been hinting at this a little bit that I've been staying up till three, just talking to somebody. Um, so there was this person who I started talking to online through DM um, in the beginning of January and they were like, man, I really want to come see you, but my truck just got hit by a tourist and they live two hours from me in the deep, deep jungle in this area that's, you know, heavily like locally protected. Uh, You basically live off the land out there. (laughs) There's no grocery stores for two hours from it. Um, it's just this, but it's this gorgeous, mystical place. Like it's, you know, your commute is waterfalls and valleys. Like it's just insane. So he lives out there, which is also very rare for someone to be able to live out there. Um, but he said, you know, my truck got hit by a tourist and I, the way he said it, I really liked it. He was like, when I get my truck back on the road, I'll come check you out, (laughs) which I liked, you know, and I was like, I want to start saying that. I'm going to come check you out because that's the vibe, isn't it? I'm going to come check you out. Um, <laughs> it feels like a, a, so, an estate sale to me. I know, right? I'm going to come check out what you got on your lawn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's the truth. Uh, but he said that that we were talking for like three weeks and I got to a point where I was like, you know, like, is this just jail talk? You don't even have a truck. Yeah, I was like, what truck? (laughs) What truck? What check out? (laughs) What jungle life? Like, you know, but I was like, this is just jail talk. Like, he's being so nice to me because he's alone in the middle of nowhere. You know, he gets to (laughs) come at the end of the work night, log on and have me there being like, hi. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, And then but the second I thought that, it was one of those moments where the second I started thinking that and like sort of being like, uh, maybe I'll just... He was like, finally got word on my truck, like, it'll be on the road this weekend, and I'm going to pick you up first thing. So, like, mm-hmm. the second he gets his truck, he comes to me, um, and we just, like, I was totally attracted to him. He looks like my type. Mm-hmm. You know, I love people who look 
think they could be mixed with something and have green eyes and black hair, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he looked like he could be from anywhere. Like, I like people that <clears throat> you can go to, you feel like you could go to different countries with them and they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like, that's an American guy, you know? It would be like, totally. are, you, yeah. <laughs> are you one of us? Um, so that was that. <laughs> and it was great. And then I just literally spent what 72 hours straight with him like we went to his place the road the drive that's the other thing too is it's a two-hour drive but it's the most beautiful drive I mean people pay money and fly out here to do that drive yeah um and it was just beautiful his dog had the best personality of any dog like ever right after Joey Joey's first thank you Um, but just (laughs) it was just so beautiful from start to finish and it was very like (laughs) it was extremely picturesque in the sense that he had this beautiful little house he made us fresh squeezed orange juice every morning that he would pick from his garden (laughs) Um, wild you know everything was he like took me on all these secret trails to these like locals only spots and private properties Mm -hmm. and it was just so you know the dogs in the bed and it was like we were so like in the shtick you know yeah <laughs> but yeah, what's yeah. interesting <laughs> is like so his Instagram's also very beautiful but it's like I can tell in sort of like his tagged photos and everything that it's like this is his thing you know what I mean like right. he's sort of out there people visit him like girls visit him and he has this like sort of beautiful super picturesque landscape that like you know, I wouldn't say it's made for Instagram, but it's like there's no way you're not sharing it. Yeah. And for those of you, follow me on Instagram. If you go my most recent sort of photo dump, you know, you will see kind of the vibe, you know, mm-hmm. the house. You can see the whole house, which I'm going to do a painting of, by the way. I can't wait. Ugh, amazing. Um, but basically, it was just like it was so funny because I then it started to make me think about like just our all of our shticks and here's the thing about them is I feel <laughs> I feel that I think shticks get like a bad reputation because it, it's implied that they're fake or made up or designed for gain mm-hmm. but we all have a shtick even if we're not trying like just our personality like do you find yeah. yourself like when you're dating or even in any situation like work dating friendship like, do you ever find yourself being like, damn, I really have a mode that I go into to, you oh, know, absolutely. maybe in the work setting, like, show that you're whatever, like, what's the word starts with C, competent, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I definitely do. I feel like I can also define them. <laughs> your shticks, too. <laughs> yeah. Let's call each other out on our shticks. <laughs> <laughs> friends don't let friends be unaware of their shticks. Um, <laughs> my... I definitely have a work shtick because I'm just, like, so... Like, I didn't even know I had this shtick, but I'm such mm-hmm. a, like... Uh, like, in in the work realm, such a type A personality where I just... I want to, like, do everything really well. And so oh, I yeah. kind of fall into this thing where I'm, like... I'm sort of, like, jokey and, like, upbeat and just sort of an overachiever, which is so funny. You are, yeah. No, like, the few times... Like, I remember the few times we've been on, like, sets together... Mm-hmm. And then are like when we do projects together, it's like you really step it up. Like you become the project manager. <laughs> I just go in, but it's such a funny thing because I don't even consciously do it. I just look around and I'm like, how did how did I get here? Like every job that I've ever had, I've been either promoted or like denied a, a promotion. And like these are jobs that aren't like like high level jobs, but like 
My first job, I was promoted in like three weeks, and mm-hmm. the general you go manager hard. was like, "I go hard, but it's just I don't even mean." And to. sometimes and I've actually had to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah, actually yeah. had to stop. So that's <laughs> the being... see, that's the thing is like that's your work shtick, but it's like unconscious. So it's like something mm-hmm. you look back on and be like, "Wow, I've done that at every job, every like because you've done it at every job, and then also every like casual job, you know, like yeah, the set, like helping our friends on set. It's like you become. It's like they hired you." <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're it's like you're hired and flown in. Like that's how you you get. Yeah. Which is yeah. I think amazing cuz it's not common. Like it's, well, it's really nice to funny, have someone like, even on set dedicated. Like, twice I've gone on set as a PA and ended up being the assistant director, which doesn't make any sense cuz I don't know how to be that. <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like your set experience has been like oh, she's just a PA, but oh now she's art director and she's in charge and <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. James um, is just really good at being in charge. That's her, <laughs> that's her accidental shtick. Yeah, it's my accidental shtick, which I'm consciously like. But my last restaurant job, I tried to quit and they offered me a management position. And I was like, wait, no. <laughs> You're like, the shtick. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's haunting me. Any romance shticks? Shticks. Um, I was, that's what was harder for me to pinpoint. And I think, so I was thinking about this with, with shticks in general, I think they develop <laughs> because we do something so much that we can't expend energy. So we sort of fall into these shticks that are comfortable for us. Mm-hmm. And like, so I, I've been such a, a worker bee all my life. So that's why I've developed such a sh- uh, down pat shtick with mm. work. But with dating, it was harder to, to pinpoint. And I think... <laughs> The shtick that I could really pinpoint, and you have to help me with this, is just being a really good listener. <laughs> yeah, James has literally come back from, like, every date being like, yeah, we were at the bar for three hours, and I now I know everything. Yeah. I've clocked in a four-hour, like, just sitting and talking date, which is, like, it's so... <laughs> It's a, I don't even know how it happens, but it's just, like, I can't I can't get out of it, so then I'm just like, so tell me about your mom, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So You're a big, big listener energy. Okay, also, I just want to say I googled the definition of shtick just to, like, go there. And it mm-hmm. gets a little cosmic. Mm. It says, a gimmick, comic routine, style of performance mm. associated with a particular person. So it's literally just a style of performance. So the way that you perform your identity and personality is your shtick. Wow. No matter what. <laughs> We all have you're a like the most. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> shticking ten. Yeah, but, but what about you? I think what about your shticks? Because I think this is my thing. Is I think you have more of a, a solid dating <laughs> shtick because you've like mm-hmm. dated more frequently than I have. Yeah, I find myself. I remember the first time I realized I had a shtick and it freaked me out. And I was mm-hmm. like, it was when. I was with someone for a long time and then I was with a new person right after and this is when I was like 21 and I remember mm-hmm. being like wow I'm kind of like I'm in the same mode that I was with the other person and I was like is this like what's happening like am I repeat like is this me repeating like my old like identity and like reusing it or like is this yeah. just me and I came to the conclusion that like it is me like yeah this is who I oh, am that's like the butterfly meme where like it's like, is this love or is this a shtick that I have <laughs> recycled? Over? Love or I'm in my shtick realm. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I, I remember that feeling, though, of being like, wow, I'm doing the same cutesy stuff and, like, behavior that I did with my other boyfriend. And I was like, am I just, like, 
fake or whatever and then I was like well not really because if this is who I am in a romantic state like when I'm cuddling someone in bed and this is like my personality like that's kind of just my personality Mm -hmm. you know like are Mm -hmm. we to act completely different with with each person like is that authenticity I don't think so yeah I wonder um I will say my shtick I think is more of like a vibe that I like to create (laughs) yeah but I want to say it that I had an active shtick that was like very like a tangible one when we lived in Venice together and it was Mm -hmm. like my first time being like single and like hyper dating and like first time having dating apps and it was putting the projector on (laughs) I would I literally had so many guys come over where I would literally just put the projector on Yes. To something. And it would either be the ocean waves or vintage cartoons. And I would put it really big on the wall and drink red wine and like wear a little like <laughs> like a nighty or something. Like that was my shtick for so long. It was just like welcome I to my that. fun house. Psycho. <laughs> Absolutely. But the but thing is you develop that <laughs> you develop that shtick because it was like, okay, here's another, you know, guy coming in, let's just do the same thing rather than having to reinvent the wheel every time right like, <laughs> yeah it was a tried and true method we need. yeah yeah totally <laughs> I was like let's just make an environment I feel like my shtick now is just being I don't know I feel like I just like I'm like a fun like dog like I feel like <laughs> and I when I say dog I mean like literally like just a pal but like also just like sexually like I think I'm so sexually open like up front which is me though you know like <laughs> But I just think, like, my shtick is just being, like, I'm down for whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and just, like, I won't cancel you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but just sort of, like, uh. But now I think there's another shtick I have to add, which is, like, now that size wounds in the realm, especially out mm. here, and, like, people see the like 120k and like everything and they feel away I feel like now I have to kind of have this shtick of like proving I'm like being really normal or like you're humble yeah or like being myself and like so there is this kind of shtick of like oh like that's just my <laughs> that's just my right. job over there and like but She's you just and over I there. that girl's over that's there over there and I'm here <laughs> yeah like you're getting the real me or something yeah yeah. But that's just kind of a method of processing. Yeah, that's definitely the shtick right now. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that also I feel like is because like in L.A. it's a little more common <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, this girl has this many followers. But mm-hmm. it's whatever because we're all kind of in that game, you know. Yeah. So it's an environmentally driven shtick. Yeah, totally. Yeah, out here it's like I think the average person is like honestly like really the same like there's obviously like different pockets there's like the sport people but like the general like instagram people are sort of like confessional like confessional captions you know that are like i have to admit like i'm really fucked up this week you know and then like mm-hmm. a lot of like hanging flowers a lot of mason jars mm. it's kind of like that yoga like a lot of like closed eyes which i do too <laughs> but it's kind of like a general but not a lot I haven't met anyone who's like a big influencer here you know yeah um it's like mostly like people who could be influencers like their pages are so beautiful and I think it's because the the environment is so beautiful and then everyone's like fit and tan and stuff so it's like yeah. you go to a page and you're like oh wow like you've got it you've got it down like the aesthetic you know but it's like but then it's like a 
just you know a friend kind of following and stuff mm-hmm. anyways shticks um <laughs> but yeah there's a lot of shticks out here for sure and i think with the guys like i was tripping about how this is the second person who's like you know whisked me off into their like beautiful life <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and then i start dreaming you know this guy had yeah. like he has like this studio house that's like just big enough for one more person <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's like the dog is so sweet and we take it out and now yeah. it's raining while we sleep and all the windows are open and <laughs> i mean sounds like a great shtick sounds like yeah it was uh, that's the thing too is i was like if you're gonna have a shtick make it fucking good right yeah because you're gonna yeah. have one anyways you're gonna have a mode anyways but yeah, his yeah. stick was killer, seamless. It also wasn't fake because he actually did live off the land. Like, his mm-hmm. truck was broken down for a month and he just didn't leave, you know, and was able to just, like, get food from, like, his garden, his friends and stuff. Kind of psyched. Psycho. Pretty cool. Crazy. <laughs> Pretty cool. What about your work sticks? Oh, work sticks. That's a good point. Wow. Well, when was the last time I was, like, had to... I think I'm very... Hmm. I'm thinking of like when I interviewed for the Hammer Museum, which was like my most like professional like moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I just remember just being very I ask a lot of questions. That's what it is. Is I always turn and I do this actually in general, is I always turn the information to the other person. So it's like I just act like a learner. I think that's what it is. And I think that actually goes really well because for me, I just want all the information. Mm-hmm. And then for them, they feel in charge or like I care. But definitely yeah. in professional settings, it's like I ask a lot of questions. Like I just act very much like the young pupil, like on mm-hmm. purpose, because it just gives me what I need to learn, I guess. But that has yeah. really worked. Is like I, I lead with not like I'm going to prove myself. I lead with like tell me <laughs> tell me what to do mold uh, me definitely that's totally my work stick i didn't even think about that yeah and even in like project settings it's just like i love but i really genuinely love the few opportunities you get to like there's just not a lot of opportunities to be in that collaborative space of like what do you need and like what is this like and how does this make you feel like i don't know it's like it's a good time i think but yeah definitely I, I feel that yeah yeah, I think I lapse into that too, but where I go wrong is like over delivering on everything mm-hmm. and then I and then I wind myself up in overachiever yeah. land. But think, it is okay, nice I'm to thinking... go into a job and be like, okay, like what do you need? What's what's the vibe here? And Yeah. Yeah. Rather than asserting yourself, especially in like lower level jobs, it's like, dude, stop like just chill and oh, see what's I going know. on. I know. Read the room. I still can't believe that it took me five years to realize that like my retail job like wasn't on my side Mm. like for the first three I think I was like I can like work my way up and like this is an art job I'm in an art job and then being like bro what (laughs) like no I work at a glorified (laughs) staples yeah I was working at an art store you guys it was Blick Art Materials which is extremely corporate corporate to death it's crazy they could be selling oil like it really doesn't matter (laughs) but they're selling (laughs) art supplies and it looks prettier um but that was it was an interesting job. It was it worked for the time, you know. And, and we you all... learned a lot about art supplies. Yeah. And people would, I mean, there was heists. There was constant heists. I don't think I would have yeah. survived in that job if it wasn't for the you know, 
Heist energy. Heist energy. Yeah, we're not going to say it. Um, I think men, their shticks are way more clear. Because I think yours, ours, it's like, and I, I'm trying to think of why that is. And it's like, are they usually leading the experience because they're the men? <laughs> you know? Mm. And it's like, you look at their shtick. Like, this guy, like, I can think of the past few guys I've dated and just seeing, like, the different moving parts of their world. And it's very tangible. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you and I, our shticks are more so just things that we, like, kind of figured out about our personality. Yeah. yeah. Except for the yeah. Venice thing. To me, that is such a clear shtick. That was so, like, man of me. <laughs> to be like, put on I the... Love that. <laughs> put on the dancing lobsters um <laughs> but yeah the men i think it's very clear it's like he's got his dog he's got his car he's got his you know and the tangible realm is masculine isn't it that's the whole that's the general consensus is it just that men are like somewhat more transparent and so they're mm. kind of easier to figure out and so the shticks are more obvious <laughs> They're just very simple, actually. (laughs) (laughs) They're just two-dimensional beings. Yeah. Also, it's like they're shticks. They have shticks, and that implies that they are actively performed. Like, they have chosen it for a benefit. But then I think women are more likely given tropes. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Which is, I'll look up the definition of that, but that word itself kind of implies, like, oh, that's been put. Like, a shtick to me is, like, I'm choosing this shtick, like, I designed it. And then trope is, like, I'm actually giving it to you regardless of if you agree or not. And that's something yeah, I think... Yeah, trope is, like, thrust upon upon the person. A figurative or metaphorical use of... No, that's not it. A significant or recurrent theme. Hmm. It's funny because the definition doesn't really match up with the way that I feel like it's used. A figurative or metaphorical use of a word... I looked up uh, common tropes, and we can actually break them down if we wanted to. Mm. Okay, do it. Lay it on me. Um, Okay, so nine common character tropes (laughs) are, number one, the chosen one. Um, Number two, damsel in distress. Number Mm -hmm. three, femme fatale. Number Mm -hmm. four, the girl next door. Number five, the mad scientist. Um, and the mad scientist's counterpart is the absent-minded professor. Um, the trusty sidekick is number six. The wise mm-hmm. old man. The dumb muscle. And then lastly oh, so is the anti-hero. And mm. Interesting. Yeah. So these are the most popular tropes in the world. <laughs> In, in, like, literature, yeah. Which feeds into movies, which feeds into literally everyone's brains and turns them into binary mush. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I will say I'm constantly put in the femme fatale uh, trope, which I think is really... I find it very weak. Mm. I find anyone who does that to me extremely weak and uh, conditioned. <laughs> yeah. You know... Yeah, a mysterious and seductive woman who uses her sex appeal to seduce and entrap her enemies. Which is just like, bro, take control of your own narrative. Yeah, also it's like, yeah, like have responsibility for your own desire. Like if you're attracted to somebody and it feels really powerful, it's like talk about it then. Just be like, yo, like, you know. But it kind mm-hmm. of implies that it's, like the femme fatale trope implies that it's done 
for like manipulative or like some kind of gain when it's like both parties are interested in like sex and romance so it's like both of them are doing the same thing one happens to be yeah i don't know well versed in the art yeah it takes two to tango (laughs) yeah truly like i don't want to get into this too much but for those who have been around for the initial (laughs) you know the guy that brought me here we had a whole episode on it so if you're listening you've heard it what was the episode called it was like oh is it expectation versus reality that one about how Ah. this guy (laughs) um but i found out that someone i know on the island went on a date with him and he's still just so obsessed with the whole situation and he's talking to everybody about it but me which is so wild Mm -hmm. and he kept being like you know yeah i read this article on narcissism and so i'm not supposed to contact her and all this stuff and i'm like dude like you never we never talked it out like (laughs) it's so wild yeah um but someone told me that and then he was he told her this girl she told me what he said uh he said it's my fault like i'm attracted to like crazy creative women who are like passionate and like whatever and i'm like dude to me that just looks like he said latina plus creative plus independent equals manipulative freak and i'm like i'm not even crazy (laughs) you know what i mean like and it's funny because that title probably would have flattered me when i was 18 and i was watching vicky christina barcelona every week and dreaming of being penelope cruz um (laughs) but these days i hear that and i'm like okay patriarchy like you just you've watched every all those movies like you you resonate with uh joseph gordon levin in 500 days of summer and it's yeah so weak and sad to me it's like you don't see women as multi-dimensional beings you see them as either yeah. like villains or um you know uh submissives right and so right. i'm just like god i can't believe i like let that in my energy field and also <laughs> the thing that he's doing is he's like to give him a trope it's like the nice guy I know. Where it's like, I don't know, like, I'm just being a good person, and she just sort of took advantage of me, and, like, I'm just so giving. I know, that was crazy, you too, know? is he, he had said to her, like, she took advantage, she saw my giving nature and took advantage of it. And I was like, no, I didn't. I saw you as a rich kid who doesn't help anyone. Like, I noticed that right away, like, when yeah. someone has, like, wealthy parents and, like, every right to be like, wealthy, and I'm like, how many people are they, like, helping? Or, like, how many projects are they, like, investing in? And, like, I didn't see a given guy. Mm-hmm. I just saw, like, a kind of independent, like, you know. It also is a weird version of, like, grandiosity by being like, oh, I'm so giving that I was, like, taken advantage <laughs> of. And, I, and she, like, found that out and figured out how to manipulate poor me. I know. You know, it's this weird, like. I'm so giving. Uh, and, like, is it that giving to just, like, hang out with someone and, like, be nice? I don't know. I just. <laughs> It's really trippy. But, yeah, the narrative is wild. But I think what gets me the most is, like – and mm-hmm. I, at this point, don't even want to be available for uh, leveling it out because I just – if someone gives you a trope, it's over for me. Like, you gave me the trope yeah. of, like, some, like, you know, and I – what am I going to do? I'm going to negotiate my way out of a trope that I don't have and I know I don't have. Like, that sounds exhausting. Totally. You know, and it's, like, if that – totally. And I think giving someone that trope, especially after a breakup and being, like, oh, the narcissist, the whatever – and I have to say, people love that word, but it's like that's a real clinical diagnosis. Totally. And people out there are not walking around happily making people suffer. It's like a narcissist is happy 
and doesn't to see people suffer and doesn't feel you know what i mean yeah it's very serious and so it's like no when you have a conflict and someone breaks up with you because they don't like you and like they don't they're not attracted or they're not ready it's like are they a narcissist or are they just not ready like you know but when you say that when you say oh this yeah. person was a narcissist and i i got away safe it's literally just a baby ass narrative to make you feel better and I think some people like that over the truth, but I just, I could never, I could never do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I could never, I want the tea. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's funny because I think my, the trope that I fall into the most is the girl next door, which is like literally like (laughs) the small town girl with a heart of gold. She bakes. Innocent, kind, and wholesome. She'll make you a gluten-free vegan pie. <laughs> She's the embodiment of domestic femininity and a typical candidate for the male protagonist's love interest. You are. You are. <clears throat> I mean, you aren't. Mm-hmm. But you have qualities. But those are good qualities. You aren't, but you are. <laughs> you bake. You have long blonde hair that can literally be styled into, like, the most, like, motherly, colonial, <laughs> like, also, like, hot French girl vibe. Like... <laughs> Well, it's a funny thing because the girl next door is possibly like, it does seem like I'm giving myself the best trope to have. However, it is sort of a trap in the same way that all tropes are because if I, I've experienced like if I ever slip up or do something that someone doesn't expect Mm. and doesn't fall into that trope, I actually get it. I get like chastised for it way more than someone who isn't predictably in that trope. Absolutely. I've seen that happen. I just, I thought I knew you. I thought Mm -hmm. that, like, this isn't like you. Like, why would you do this? Why? And it's, like, something that I wouldn't even consider very serious, but because I have such a nice track record, which obviously, like, I try to keep up, and it all makes sense. Well, you're a very peaceful person by nature since we were kids, you know? That's, like, your default, and that's great. Yeah. But that also, it's, like, you're multifaceted, and if someone, like, messes with you, they mess with Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) I've seen it. Yeah. Tropes are the death of us. They really are. It's it's just fun because it also plays into our, like, yin and yangness, which I love. Yeah. But see, you're saying, so your trope issue is, like, so you're seen as, like, the nice girl. And so whenever you have, like, a maybe harsher emotion or express something, I don't know, more, like, masculine and, like, you know, maybe more higher level intensity, whatever. And then people get confused. And it's, like, for me, people expect me to not be nice. And so when I'm nice, they think I'm manipulating mm-hmm. or they think that I'm trying to get something from them. But it's, like... I literally love people. You know what I mean? Like, I love mm-hmm. being nice. I love making people feel good. And I know that about myself. Yeah, you are actually such a genuinely caring person. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I feel that way, too. And so I meet these men who think, oh, she's, you know, whatever, dark hair, like, lippy, titty girl, <laughs> you know, and then I come in and watch the fuck I'm out. confident <laughs> you know and then when I'm nice they're like what does she want from me she's taking advantage of me blah blah and I'm like dude sorry that like you know I'm got got it all no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm nice and like like scary I just <laughs> but it's actually really sad and I've come to the point where it's like it could upset me and I feel like you're at this wave too where maybe I used to be like oh like like even with this the guy the why guy who's like literally on a different planet I can't even uh like with hearing what he's saying it's like I think at first I was like wow I need to remedy this like how do I make people trust me mm-hmm. and at this point I'm like no I just need to know somebody who has enough life experience and a backbone and also not such a patriarchal influenced man that they can be like 
oh, this girl kind of fits this description of what I've been told, but she's also really nice. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, I trust that she's being just nice. Yeah. You know? And that would be great. And so now I just, it's, I don't even care. I don't even waste time. It's like, you're going to put me in a trope. Okay, that sounds exhausting. I don't have the time to prove myself, explain myself, Um, which is a whole other thing. I think (laughs) I want to ask you about this too, because (laughs) about a few months ago, I had this feeling I kept carrying all day where I was like, where I constantly felt like I had to prove myself and explain myself. And I think half of it was this kind of stuff. It was actually while I was dating the Hawaii guy, like while I was talking to him on the phone and everything, oh, wow. I felt it the most. Um, where to him, I felt like I had to prove to him that I was just a normal girl and like, you know, my whatever confidence or everything wasn't a power play. It was just me like rejoicing <laughs> in the love of mm-hmm. my life. <laughs> and uh, I always felt like I had to sort of prove that and be like cautious and be like, how do I make him not feel like I'm scary? And then at the same time, there was also a lot of stuff online constantly kind of trying to almost like scam you into thinking you're like a terrible person with terrible thoughts all the time. And I always felt mm-hmm. like online, I had to kind of make sure that I was making sure people knew I was self-aware and that I was da da da. And I was like, this is a very, also like a very like woman-centric experience of like constantly yeah. having to like show people that you're not a trope that you're not evil that your intentions are pure that you think about that you think about yourself and you think about everyone you know you think about you consider mm-hmm. everybody and i don't think that's fair and i think i literally tweeted all. it and i said i i aspire to the point where i don't feel like i have to explain myself and i think i'm getting there <laughs> because after mm-hmm. this hawaii thing i was like that's the stuff that's it you know is like I can try so hard to cater to everyone's vision and and prove that I'm, you know, but it's like, if I know that's who I am, like, you know, you either get on board or you don't. Do you feel a weight to explain yourself, to prove yourself in any situations in your life or generally, or is that just not something you feel like you carry right now? Um, it's interesting. I think that it definitely comes in waves for me as well. Like I feel very, I, have said since high school that I'm like an enigma like I, I feel very like enigmatic even to myself because mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel, feel like definitions are you know it, like clinging to definitions mm-hmm. leads from my experience to like more suffering mm-hmm. um, and so but when I meet someone who then is trying to like figure me out then I almost feel then more confused because I'm like I'm sorry like I'm just not operating (laughs) in this space (laughs) yes yeah you're very adding that and then I walk away being like you know like the little cartoon characters where the the little things are dizzying around my head like little (laughs) stars are circling me like planets and I kind of have sort of just sort of been like okay I'm gonna do what I can for the situation but then have to let it go because everyone's gonna make their own judgment of me and you know in high school I remember this one girl said to me like ah you look like such a bitch but then when I talk to you you're so nice (laughs) I was just like dude that's great I know I've had that too and I think do you ever do those people ever think in their mind like oh like I can't tell anything from how someone's face is resting like I just (laughs) (laughs) there's so much work that can be done to give people the benefit of the doubt i don't know um i think it's it's natural for the human mind to create tropes because it makes it easier to process things on a daily basis right yeah yeah so 
it's something that we all need to be aware of. Like, even though I'm super anti-trope, like, it's easier to be like, oh, this person's, like, a hard worker, and then, you know, they, they're going to show up for me, or I don't know, I can't mm-hmm. even think of something, but... And then it's just, it goes back to, like, the expectation thing we were talking about. Like, if you put someone into a trope, Mm. even if it's a positive trope, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. Because no one's ever going to live up to, like, a full trope because it can't encompass the human experience. But it it does make sense that we would. But it makes sense, like, on, like, a very, like, lizard brain (laughs) level that we need to, like, put people into these into these little boxes just so we can get through the day especially with all the information flying around nowadays it's like well the lizard brain thing i just want to add real fast i don't know if you said this or someone else said this but they said like judgment comes from a place of you know you're walking through the forest and like you see a rustling and it's like if it's a bear you know you know oh that is a bear i'm judging that as scary and then if it's like a gaggle of geese you know you're like that is a gaggle of geese that is not scary you know but they basically say that like Mm -hmm. judgment is not something that we need to flex so much anymore because we're not trying to define actual threats but we still have the part of our brain that says like what is it what is it going to do what is its motive and then it ends up being projected onto just human beings wow. <laughs> and also if you think about our wow. survival is like what is our survival based in now our survival is based in community and like who we're around and uh resources and that all depends on you know people and money which you know right reputation and you have to make judgment calls on people because you don't want to spend time with the wrong people that will end up wasting your time Mm -hmm. you know or draining your energy stress um yeah so instead of spotting the bear you know you're spotting the femme fatale (laughs) because she's gonna drain your swamp (laughs) and take your everything (laughs) and leave you just naked on the beach alone your dick in your hand no just kidding that's so gross um sounds like a good time honestly yeah see thank you for reframing that james naked on a beach with your dick that's like whatever masturbating outside it's kind of hot there are hot elements of that (laughs) so if you're listening kawaii guy you're good oh my god you're still hot you still got it um Mm -hmm. Yeah, tropes are wrong. Do you feel like astrology has turned into a trope? Millennials tropes are like astrology tropes. I, for sure. No, it, it's like this weird... Because I understand. I just want to just come... I know that astrology is way more complex. I believe in very much what's happening on site. Like essentially, you know, the moon is in this phase. You know, the planets are in this phase. And we're all going to feel some type of energy. I absolutely believe that. But I think we can all agree that astrology is at this point with the memes and with just the way people talk now like oh you're with a cancer like I was with a cancer and they were like this and just this idea that like these have now become these these like yeah these tropes of what your personality is like and who you're like and I mean if you really sit back and look at all the facts it's like there's no there's no real correlation there really isn't you know like somebody was like yeah what signs do you get most along with and I started to list I was going to answer the question in my story and I started to list and I was like literally every sign is here like you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I was like, Aries, Pisces, yeah. two Libras, two Geminis, um, love Sagittarius. I was like, I don't have an issue with any of the signs because they're literally not, you know. And then you could say the whole chart. That's the other thing, yeah. too, is the whole chart. I that For a while, I was getting over astrology, and then the birth chart thing happened, and I was like, oh, that's such a signifier. And it's also not, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
I wasn't super you kind of brought me into contact with astrology mm-hmm. in like a real way and and actually when I was in high school I had a friend who was so so smart and would pick things up and like digest all the information about it and he got really into astrology mm. and based his whole life around it mm. like obsessively um and then he found out that they decided to add a new sign and they never ended up adding it but i don't know oh, if yeah. you remember I that totally like in 2011 that. or something it had a crazy name and too. he had a nervous breakdown whoa he like literally couldn't handle all of the categories that he had created shifting mm. he he literally had a nervous breakdown and then he like went on out of van or something and stop looking at signs but it was just Whoa. like a really interesting thing to see someone go all the way to the edge of re- reality with this concept mm. and that sort of brought me away from it um in high school but then you started getting more into astrology and then we were kind of around people that were really into astrology mm. and i just kind of was put off by the idea of being like they don't someone doesn't know anything about me but then asks me what my sign is so that they can like put me in the box Mm -hmm. before getting to know me and i like i'm a double aries with a virgo rising and which means that you and i wouldn't get along that's my other thing too right is like our shit is so opposing in that in the big three but i don't have Mm -hmm. you know you're the most peaceful like we have the most peaceful relationship like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i just gotta say that like that's like okay are we the exception no it just doesn't exist (laughs) yeah exactly and it's it's really um like i when we were doing the astrology thing and it was all around me with the people that i was hanging out with I had like a lower self-opinion because I was like, I guess I'm in Aries and I can't finish projects and I'm the baby of the (laughs) astrology chart and I'm super hot headed and just all of this stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) that just was self-defeating in a lot of ways. Um, And it's like, I'm looking at myself now and maybe that was just youth being like, I'm trying to figure out what projects I actually feel like committing to. And like, I'm, in a better place in life and less like terrible shit is happening and i'm less hot-headed you know it's also like it's like all of those things you listed as someone who was around for your whole childhood it's like it was it's literally just childhood stuff you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. your work started flourishing when you learned how to center yourself right like center Mm -hmm. yourself as in like Mm -hmm. put more importance on yourself than the people around you and that's all it took that wasn't an astrology thing that was a childhood like trauma thing right Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, about exactly. So it's, but I had to let go of that identity of being like this fiery, mm-hmm. shitty Aries, you know, <laughs> to actually break and you're through. Not but even it's fiery. crazy that it's that crazy. was even something. Yeah. The double Aries that isn't <laughs> the double Aries, and then somebody would probably some astrology person would be like, well, because so, you're a double Aries, it like cancels it out because like dark, dark, dark. The Virgo has a lot of weight, so it actually brings you down. Yeah. What is your actually? You know, I do love my Virgo. Yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> the Virgo rise. <laughs> I do love my Sagittarius rising. But that's the thing, too, is, like, I grew up yeah. being, like, I'm a Virgo, and I never understood because I felt very, like, I think I went through puberty puberty early. I was, like, sexual from a young age. I was very kind of, like, messy. <laughs> and everyone was, like, well, Virgos are very, you know, planned out and everything. And then as I got older, I and I the first time I felt like a Virgo was when I was around 20, and I started really caring about like my paintings and my art and taking it super seriously and like not hanging out with people because I just wanted to work and uh, Mm -hmm. I was like maybe I am a Virgo maybe I'm this like you know maybe my shtick is being just hard-headed like a 
not stubborn, but you know, the way say Virgos are like very organized and they, it's like their way or the highway. They know everything. Right. Um, yeah. And then later I was like, Oh, I'm a Sagittarius rising. That's why sometimes I can like, that's why I can have fun in the woods. And that's why I ditched school to go swimming in waterfalls. And it's like, that's not why, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think I look at my life and I'm like, I was cautious because my family didn't have health insurance, so we couldn't do anything. My parents were always like, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, right? So I still have this internal yeah. childhood fear of getting hurt. But when I get to shine and be what I thought was my Sagittarius rising um, is when someone helps me feel safe <laughs> and, like, I won't get hurt. And, like, with a lot of intention, I can have, like, so much fun being spontaneous, you know? And that's my thing is, like, mm-hmm. and I look at that and I'm like, wow, that analysis has healed me so much more is, like, forgetting astrology yeah. as a personality signifier and actually looking at my childhood, my parents, you know, my things that have hurt me, the traumatic moments. And it's, like, I couldn't go back after that. I was, like, astrology, it's, like, some people will say, well, yeah, it's just fun. You can do both. And I get that. But that's just, that's mm-hmm. not most people. Most people are using it as their, like, their guide and their right. reason and they'll get it in a breakup and be like oh it didn't work because of you know our signs and it's like no like you're not gonna you're not gonna grow unless you really look at the real stuff look at your ego look at your childhood look at your reactivity you know yeah look at your surroundings I don't know yeah (sighs) absolutely I do think the the times when I look at astrology or like the, the moons and stuff is just the grand kind of overarching th- themes of a month, which I think yes. is sort of interesting to the look seasons. at. The seasons. But even then, like, I like I, when I was thinking about when to um, put the guide out that I just put out, I, was, I looked on some astrology site that's been sending me emails, and they were like, Thursday the 29th is going to be the luckiest day. And I was like, <laughs> great, I have a day. I have this thing. And then I just woke up, and I was just so stressed and put all this pressure on the luckiest day of the month. <laughs> And I just, and then I just was like, "Fuck this! I'm doing it on Sunday because Sunday That's is, what I want. you know, the day of rest." <laughs> and it just made sense. Like, but I think even then, when it's just something so harmless as like the luckiest day of this of the month or the year, mm-hmm. big manifestation energy. Yeah, I do agree with you on the moons and the seasons. I find the seasons, and I think you and I have talked about this before, especially when we live together and we can really observe it of I think the seasons are so evident because I feel like August you and I talked about this like August is very intense for both of us on things changing or happening Mm -hmm. and like just something big always happens in August that like comes back around in winter and then you and I have also noticed that around like February and March is when projects that were sort of lazily talked about actually come to fruition like we'd always have like our first art show of the year would be March you know what I mean? Always. Yeah. Um, and I think of that as spring, you know, and I, it's literally just spring. And if you look at the four seasons, it's like, yeah, the ending of summer has a big bang and then we move into winter and fall and we get a little sleepy and then spring shit just gets mm-hmm. birthed. Like to me, that's it. That and the moon, you know, the moon and the, the planets. Yeah. I totally get that. But I don't know. Yeah, the tropes. Absolutely, I think it's it, you have to just look at what it's whatever astrology is actually making you feel like. Totally, if it's making you feel empowered and like informed, that's one mm-hmm. thing. But if you're feeling trapped by these categories and these dates, and mm-hmm. then it's just not 
then it's then it's then possessing you like it mm-hmm. then it's you're not practicing non-attachment with this theory and i've definitely fallen into that but it's it's i think that's like the the way to kind of gauge it yeah and i also think people who are really into astrology need to realize like that's like a small community you know what i mean like you're probably around people mm-hmm. that practice astrology but to base you know healing and personality on astrology is still a very small community that only other people who take part in it will understand and it's like you're actively kind of choosing Mm -hmm. a a sort of what is it like a mode or like a vessel of living that is kind of exclusive and hard to understand for the world you know and I just it's it's very niche yeah it's super niche and I just hope everyone who's like living by astrology knows like you're actively partaking in this kind of exclusive sort of self-maintained self-fulfilling prophecy-esque realm (laughs) and I mean if you're happy good but just know that you know like for me I that terrifies me like when I realized that I was doing that I was like what am I missing out on (laughs) you know oh my god okay when I made that I made a video about how I don't like astrology and one of my examples was actually you having a boyfriend Mm. um who was born on the same exact day as another boyfriend can I talk about that yeah go ahead but the idea well so James had a boyfriend that was just you know it was not a good relationship like he was not he was not loving not giving not caring he just had so much so many issues for a very specific reason that we also won't get into to not reveal identities but he was you know mm-hmm. had some celeb status let's just say that and um so he was always fighting these demons and they just didn't have a good time like i that was probably my hardest time being around you because i could tell how much it was taking out of you you know <laughs> what i mean but it was like you had to go through it like it was your life but i was it was hard to watch because you know um but they he had he had a birth date and then james meets a new guy like a year later and they have the same exact birthday and i would always think if that we were if we were big astrology people we would be like avoid at all costs same birthday same going to yeah, be like don't even go on the same on the first date yes. with that person it'll be the same experience yeah. and literally the second guy who james swith is just complete opposite like super caring super nice super self-aware doesn't have all this you know childhood trauma to unpack um that he hasn't or anything and they're just so good together and james is glowing and shining and at her top potential you know and like (laughs) i just would think about that and i'd be like man if we were really into astrology we would have been like oh you know after the first date find out the birth date be like no i'm not going to repeat history but they could have they couldn't be more different people at all. They could not be more different. Yeah, we would have missed I would have missed a big opportunity. I would have missed like the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, so. the love of your life. Yeah. And I understand that it's like ancient and there's things, but ancient things can be ruined by the modern mind. <laughs> and also like the translations are lost over time and and mm-hmm. it's like you know, we don't know what the people who are practicing it thousands of years ago were even saying or doing that correlate with what we're doing now. Totally. So there is It's that. like the Bible. I, like, I hate to say it, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like every single teaching, like no matter what, every single ancient teaching that's been passed down has the potential to be like Bibleized in the sense that like, you know, who knows what really fucking happened with Jesus. And now it's just passed down and reused to like govern societies and and mix into cultures and control cultures and and just appeal to what that culture needs without staying true to what it is you know and that's all ego you know what i mean ego is society ego is 
is the you know the learner the the passenger that's learning how to live in this current society in this current time in this current room and it's like yeah astrology is catering to our fucking millennial brains right now like Mm -hmm. it's catering to our like our need to define but in this other kind of cosmic way that makes us feel less mainstream or less binary but it's still just another system that's like prettier and also much easier to market because you have these symbols you have these it's so it's such a great astrology is perfect for consumers absolutely (laughs) yeah you can get bracelets that have your sign you can get best friend sign matching necklaces tattoos tarot cards yeah matching necklaces uh you could get hella streetwear with words you could get a journal you could get literally get a book i this brand sent me a like a birthday book you know mm-hmm. they sent it to me but that shit was like 80 dollars yeah uh, if you were to buy it and it was just like all about me and it's yeah. like yeah i guess i relate um yeah it's a total yeah christianity just has total, the cross total. you know they're kind of tapped out <laughs> on the marketing thing at this point so i wish they i wish <laughs> they did more because I would love some stained glass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'm saying this and I'm wearing like a Virgin de Guadalupe <laughs> medallion <laughs> this time. I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, I'm like wearing my constantly shape-shifting shirt. <laughs> <laughs> We're merged out. Well, consumers love being consumers. That's the other thing too. Is like It's funny how we kind of hate on consumerism but we all like we are consumers like that's why it works so well like we Mm -hmm. love to consume like that's our job on earth is to consume and (laughs) create waste until we figure it out (laughs) tangibly (laughs) well we literally have to create waste and consume to survive so yeah i remember googling uh if stars produce waste Mm -hmm. and they do they, they, produce, I think they produce hydrogen. They produce a little gas, right? Yeah, they make hydrogen. Yeah. Let me double check because I was really into it. Fact checking moment. I think they, they oh they eat they eat hydrogen and and poop out uh, helium. That's what it is. Aww. They are just yeah, which is fucking adorable. Um, yeah, let's see. Hydrogen and helium, ah. yeah. So, yeah, they get the hydrogen, they produce light and heat from the churning nuclear forces. Yeah, then they produce helium, which is so funny. I mean, because if you think about what that symbolizes, it's like they're eating water and then making, like, this, like, crazy gas that makes them float or whatever. Wow, that's the kind of diet that I want. It's very ethereal. So the thing that gets me about the hydrogen and helium fact is that if you think about how hydrogen and helium makes up a star, it's like a star is made up of a water, water and air, essentially right and mm. if you think of that from our standpoint mm-hmm. it kind of like backs up the fact that like earth and fire is very much like of our human experience and isn't so much a spiritual experience you know what i mean like that ah, the tangible yes. world is like an aid <laughs> to reach higher vibrations and when i think of a star i think that's a symbol of kind of like a just like a high vibration simpler spiritual being in the sense that they kind of just process and obviously don't have to deal with as much tangible you know they don't have to hunt they don't you know they just kind of intake and release yeah. right so it's a spiritual star a star um but what's so amazing yeah helium and water and i guess water water can be physical which is another aspect of the metaphor there you know water can freeze into a block mm-hmm. right 
So that's kind of the connection. Well, we also need water to survive, which is a beautiful reminder that we are like all part of the same universe. Totally, totally. Like our number one ingredient. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I know this is so corny, but like whenever I see the thing that's like just a reminder that you are made of stars, I'm always like, thank you. I love hearing that. (laughs) I think there's some really good cliches out there. That's definitely one of them. Um, also, the I was thinking about how the whatever you focus on grows, which is like a really popular like hippie mm. thing. That's so fucking true. Like, absolutely insane amounts. Like, I was thinking about like why I'm here, and I was like, I literally, and I think you and I have both <laughs> done this, where it's like we've been so good at finding beauty where there like technically, quote unquote, wasn't. And I was like, if energy mm-hmm. works the way that I believe it works, which is like, okay, if you magnify something small, that's how an energy. That's it's almost like a a domino reaction you know like I'm walking in an alley in LA and I say oh my god this you know gold wrapper against the gray asphalt is gorgeous right and I make that choice (laughs) to like create beauty and then it's a chain Mm -hmm. reaction of like oh next thing you know like you know my friend's taking me to Vegas (laughs) you know next thing you know I'm in Hawaii like and actually seeing beauty that's maybe widely recognized as beauty or more like bigger version of beauty I don't know if that makes sense yeah but it's like to live in the vibration it's like when we're saying to live in the vibration of abundance is more functional than you know penny pinching and writing down business plans and it's like with beauty too is I feel like to live in the vibration of beauty and just generally see beauty around you all the time is like you're just going to attract more beauty and then you're going to find yourself in a place like you know Hawaii which is known for its beauty (laughs) like I don't know it's kind of crazy that absolutely makes sense to me yeah magnifying magnifying big magnifying glass <laughs> i want to be that for halloween <laughs> imagine you want to hear a funny uh, halloween costume joke that actually my jungle boy we were laughing because uh, i told him to excavate me <laughs> like as a joke <laughs> and then he was like that's so funny and because uh, i don't i'm not gonna say why but and <laughs> He has a gigantic penis. Um, I don't know if we're going to keep that in or cut it out. <laughs> Not going to say why. But. but And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm ready for my next excavation. And then he was laughing and he was like, well, what am I? He was like, am I an archaeologist? Am I like a guy in a tractor? And I was like, let me think about that. I'm going to microwave my food and I'll think about it. Yeah. And I was like, he's a prospector. And then I was like, you're a prospector. And I'm a gold mine. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then he was like, "What? That would be such a good Halloween costume. Like, I'm a prospector and you're gold." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cute. wow! That is very cute." <laughs> but also, it's just a good costume, like visually. Like, I was thinking, like, the guy gets to be like in a headlight and like be like a like a little adventure man, yeah. and then the girl gets to be like sparkly gold. So fun, little like American Apparel, yeah, lycra and uh, face paint and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of glitter. <laughs> And girls just love <laughs> glitter. That's obvious. Like, all girls, like, love glitter. Yeah. No, just kidding. I hate glitter. <laughs> I actually really don't like glitter. Like, we were talking about the costume, and I was, like, thinking about it. And I was like, well, would I – like, hypothetically, obviously. I was like, would I want to put, like, glitter across my chest? And I was like, no. I would want to wear, like, a skin type. I would almost – you know what I would rather do? I would rather get one of those crazy morph suits and be all gold than, like, oh, be, like, gosh. a a glitter. That would be so – that would actually be more funny. It's like – sexy costume it's like no i'm just gonna be like (laughs) it's like that would be hilarious i'm just a chunk of gold i love oh my god i need that 
if it doesn't work out with this person i'll save that for another Mm -hmm. relationship or friendship (laughs) that's a really good one it's so funny of course my thing is like just put a gold leaf all over your face that's not even glitter it's just like peeling off gold yeah yeah oh my god yeah 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 gold leaf body gold leaf yeah it's like peeling and freaky and yeah your eyes are just like really potent behind your like gold leaf face yeah exactly well there's like the gold leaf i think there's actually face masks that are gold leaf which could be used oh yeah yeah halloween ends and you're glowing glowing for november (laughs) big glow big chunk of gold gold is funny god that's good um any final thoughts on astrology i know people are always really interested in that because i was one of the first people in the height of astrology memes to be like fuck this and Mm -hmm. i got a lot of criticism for it yeah i feel like Um, you also elevated some (laughs) astrology accounts that then now are like huge but i remember you were the first person to post about some astrology accounts that are now really. i made astrology memes too i would make astrology starter packs Mm mm-hmm um they're very astrology is so memeable too and i think that's why it's such a big thing in the millennial crowd absolutely just like we were saying it's like yeah it is the perfect thing for millennials yeah it's memeable it's characterable and what i think is i feel and i hope that all of these because if you look at all the stuff that's going on whether it's astrology memes or just the internet experience it's like it's making us so aware of our character and this brings Mm -hmm. it back to the shtick thing is like you know, there's this thing that, like, characters only exist in books and movies, right? But we also, and even that didn't expose us to our nature, which is, like, no, but we're all still characters. Like, we are all performing a character. It's unconscious most of the time. It's autopilot. But that doesn't take away from the fact that, A, it exists, and, B, you can actually be aware of it and change it. Mm -hmm. And I think of, yeah, like, astrology. I think of what we're talking about with our shticks and our, like, little things. It's, like, you know, and then more than anything, social media allowing you to be a character and, like, adjust it in the digital plane is like when are we really just gonna wake up and be like no we're characters like we're programmed characters yeah absolutely you know like and it's not i don't know you know and that's not even a bad thing it's not even a bad thing to be a character i think if you're aware of it it's not bad but everyone is that's the thing and some people i think played up more and i actually trust those people a bit more (laughs) you know yeah I do trust people who, like, are fully into... And who gets... Who is fully into their character? It's usually artists, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually artists and creators. And I think about that as well because I had this thought where I was, like, emoting is creative expression. And I, I've had people tell me this a lot where they're like, oh, you should act because you emote a lot. Mm. And I was like, I don't like acting, but I do emote a lot. And I was like, why do I emote so much? And usually that can be, you know, defined as being excessive or, like, performative and I was like, it's because it's a source of expression. And everyone I know yeah. who I feel is very emotive, including you. I feel like since we were kids, I felt like you were very emotive. Mm-hmm. It's it's usually creative people because, or people, everyone's creative, but anyone who's really comfortable in their creative expression right, and comfortable right. sharing it with people. Because it's like to express an emotion, that's the most basic form of creativity, right? And then I Googled the word emoting and I will read the definition, but it was not what I thought. Because what do you think emoting is when you hear the word? I think it's like giving off a feeling through your words or expressions. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought too. And then it said, especially, it says emote, verb, especially if you're an actor, portray emotion in a theatrical manner. Mm. 
which is really interesting because I was like remoting all the time like me yeah. changing my voice inflection you know you nodding you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. yeah we could go as far as crying yelling like that's all to me emoting right and when you read this definition and it says oh it's theatrical it implies that it's fake or performed or something for entertainment and yeah. I find that really interesting because it's like but we're doing it we're doing it to survive we do it as a basic well I wonder what the difference between emoting and expressing yourself is mm, we could look at expressing and then also acting right that's a form of creative expression correct for sure expressing <laughs> I wrote expressing and it says do you mean expressing dog's anal glands <laughs> expressing <laughs> definition <laughs> express express convey a thought or feeling in words or by gestures and conduct so is that to say that expression is maybe less theatrical less performative yeah i think that's what it is and then who decides which one is which you know yeah i don't i don't know but i think that's the the difference in the definitions and Mm -hmm. but i think it's emoting to me making it a theatrical thing is it feels like toxic I know, right? It feels like yeah. kind of mean. Like I'm yeah. like, oh, you're gonna shame someone for having big feels or big, yeah. <laughs> big reactions. I don't know. Yeah, toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dictionary's toxic. <laughs> Webster's is that what it is? Low key. The Webster's dictionary is. Oh no, Oxford languages is a toxic force in our society. Yeah, cancel them. On it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> starts right here, right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, I think it's interesting to hear the word emoting because I forget that that word exists and I think I just default to expression. Like, mm. I, like for instance, I forget how expressive my face is and then I see videos and I'm like, well, there's like a thousand different emotions played on my face. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's using the word emoting is like, it's it feels just like a fancier version of expressing. It doesn't seem like it should mm-hmm. be like performative actory you Mm -hmm. know yeah even the word like like dogs emote you know yeah express you know what's interesting is if you look at even the words themselves like express almost like that word also means to squeeze out right Mm -hmm. so it's like express implies like oh whatever was inside is leaking out but in a natural way Mm -hmm. and then emote almost it sounds like oh we're taking what was squeezed out and turning it into something else yeah you know yeah emoting definitely does conjure the feeling of someone doing it intentionally whereas like Mm -hmm. expressing is you know we all have to express ourselves and Mm -hmm. these things have to happen express has more of like a scientific (laughs) vibe and then emoting (laughs) is kind of like the uh, emotional emoting creative (laughs) like in the corner yeah like miming i just see someone like miming excessively yes yes (laughs) It's really interesting. And it comes down to, I just, uh, it's just crazy. Just like the magnified, emoting is just magnified expression, I guess, right? Yeah. Or intentional Which... expression. Mm-hmm. And then expression also implies that it's nondescript. Like, it's unpredictable. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what it will turn into. But then emoting almost describes kind of like actively trying like your audience is included do you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so it's like to emote is to say oh i'm mad i'm gonna show somebody i'm mad right yeah whereas expressing is like i'm mad and i could hold it inside i could yell i could i don't know what's gonna happen i'm just mad right and it's gonna come out 
So, you know, emoting is, I think, a creative process and I think a very necessary, like, communication, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, something in a, to work on. <laughs> Express. Oh my god, I love how, you know, when they have definitions and it says, uh, for express, it says all mathematics, genetics, postal. <laughs> Let's go postal. <laughs> Send by express delivery or messenger. T. <laughs> genetics. What do you mean? What is it? Oh, interesting. So it's also used in genetics, the word express, to cause an inherited char- characteristic or gene to appear in a phenotype. That's interesting, too, because honestly, sometimes our reactions to emotions are DNA-based. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, something is being unlocked. (laughs) So (laughs) another thing with DNA, right, is, like, DNA is stored in the heart. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. Right? And I learned that because I got obsessed once with this idea that the nucleus, that all of the kind of um, parts of a cell pertain to organs, and it's absolutely true. The nucleus would be the heart. Mm-hmm. I originally thought it would be the brain, obviously, because they're like, the nucleus is the brain of the cell, right? But the nucleus mm-hmm. actually shares characteristics with the heart more than anything, as in, like, sharing DNA, being the power center of, of the movement, all that. Um, and the heart stores the DNA, and this idea that the heart is actually the power system of our bodies mm. is something very popular in, like, a lot of, like, spiritual things of, like, the heart is the expressor. Right. And even that if does you think make about creativity. Sense. Yeah. yeah. And that's also why expressing is de facto like the more pure version, right? And then emoting mm-hmm. almost. But that's the thing is emoting has like an ego vibe to it. And so it yes. almost feels like it's part of the mind and it's something that it's conjuring up on purpose. Mm-hmm. But it's part of society, societal yeah. communication. Like emoting yeah. says, oh, in this society, I should be angry about this and I should. You know, if, if these people are going to take me seriously, I better better emote anger, right? Mm-hmm. And then Express says, well, I feel angry, and I, I don't know. What am I going to do about it? Like, you know, it's like it ends there. Yeah, it's more primal. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I guess it's the idea that emoting can be used, you know, as a tool. Right. While also being, you know, innate, basically. Yeah, I think, well, I think emoting can be manipulative as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, there was a time where people thought men crying was, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this girl. This guy treated her so terribly. And she's like, I just think, you know, it's like he cried in front of me. And I was like, bitch, wake the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, emoting can be used as, like, a tool. And, I mean, how could it not when, like, like I said, we're, our brains are fueled by movies and content yeah especially like expressing it feels very like you know I express my anger and it just happened and or I'm so sad that it's just expressing mm-hmm. itself through tears and it feels more innocent and pure but at the same time it's like mm-hmm. if you don't learn how to express things in a healthy way then it's just as bad as emoting in a manipulative way mm. absolutely Express is definitely one of those words, like circulate, which really covers all ground. It's kind of crazy. Like all the definitions, it's like are essentially explaining the function of the heart. Mm. Like it's like cause an inherited gene. The heart controls the gene. Squeeze out, squeezing out physically blood. Represent by a figure, symbol, or formula. The heart really, like the heart being kind of like where you, you know, get the kind of intel of who you want to be on a deeper level or like what Mm -hmm. you love, you know, Mm -hmm. represent 
say or otherwise communicate what one thinks or means it's like speak from the heart like you know it's really interesting Hmm. convey in words or gestures you know it's like you can't move without your blood flow right (laughs) can't do any of it (laughs) i've tried it Um, so once again the the heart is the power center (laughs) once again we are told yeah we have been alerted (laughs) (laughs) so the shtick starts in the heart (laughs) no the expression starts in the heart which turns into an emote which turns into a shtick which turns into a whole lifestyle doesn't it yeah and emoting can definitely be part of the shtick absolutely yeah performing emotions yeah yeah which once again is not you know some fake shit i don't think it's just a a habit it's a societal cue yeah it's like you know you're at a party and you're not having a great time but everyone else is so you're gonna be like okay like blow out the birthday candles like yay you're another yeah you're gonna add to it it's also a form of vibration raising i'm sure you Mm -hmm. know is to simulate it's like ritual it's like you simulate an emotion or action to actually have it happen so it's like you said like oh i'm gonna emote excitement blow out the candles let's put on drake yeah (laughs) then all of a sudden you're having a good time and you're like oh good i yeah you know the infinity symbol i say this and i don't think i i when i've written this before it's like an emotion takes practice and so sometimes you have to fake it until you make it and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. because that's how we do with a lot of things you know <laughs> you, one of those moments where you and i are just such robot aliens <laughs> emotions take practice that's what i've learned in my 26 years <laughs> it's true though it's fucking true <laughs> it's just a thing that i think we've all experienced but i think when you can really own up to it it makes it less weird but it's like you know if you're in a rut for a really long time and or you're going through something or whatever and then you have to just like snap out of it then Mm -hmm. you perform being happy you know you perform yes even you know you go to a funeral and you don't really know the person or whatever and you perform Mm -hmm. sadness and then you walk away like feeling pretty fucking bummed you know it's like totally i do that before dates Dude, mm-hmm. I play Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart because I think it's both funny. I think it's funny and I think it puts me in the vibration. And I literally, like, I always, like, an hour before a date or something, I get so – I just, like, gas myself up. I play really specific music. I just, like – and it works. It's just, like, you're emoting it. But I was going to say it's, like, what is the infinity symbol here? Is like, maybe there's an infinity of express and emote. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're feeding into each other where it's, like, oh, you're going to ex- feel – you are need to express something. You're going to emote it. But also you can – turn it the other direction and emote Mm -hmm. something until it's how you feel or yeah how you make other people feel possibly yeah word of the day fuck word of the day express emote we're on we're like probably like an hour 20 in or something should we wrap it up should we breathe in and out into this should we express our breath (laughs) (laughs) well what else do you have the meditation guide officially out people are asking for the physical copies from me because i posted it and it's so beautiful (laughs) i know i got some people asking about it too i might try to do it but i want to do something that's really cute if i make a physical copy yeah the index i love the index i posted and everyone was freaking out i was like i want this framed (laughs) um but yeah james's digital pdf meditation guide is out it's gorgeous it's so fucking cool and it's very very helpful it's like very full it's like I'm pretty sure anything that you really need to process is in here, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, so that's that. 
thank you guys so much for giving us the opportunity to be the top 15 percent of podcasts that's so really crazy cool. now my mom sick. understands what this is <laughs> you know what i mean like it takes something like that for her to be like oh really oh okay she doesn't get it <laughs> so thank you for uh letting me look cool for my mom um and yeah to be continued <laughs> yeah thanks for coming along yes hope you had fun and keep going keep going <laughs>